Hello, welcome to Me Got Podcast, the podcast, video podcast, audio podcast by me, Jen Ives. Um, how you doing? It's nice to be back. I guess I don't need to say that every single time I'm back. But I say it because I mean it. Because it is nice to be back and I'm back. With a couple of changes, actually, there's some. Cha- Let me just close the video again. Like I said before, it's so distracting. But first, what I will say is some changes. So, firstly, there are two cacti, cactuses, cactus behind me. They don't yet have names. Okay, I've had them for a while, but they're unnamed. So this could be fun. How's about you recommend some names for them? And then I will not only name them, but I will label them with said names. So there's one here who's kind of furry. Deceptively so, though. Because actually the fibres are very irritant. They're irritants. And then there's this one who's just kind of like your standard Hollywood movie cactus there's some little ones at the bottom but generally he's quite he's a he's a cactus archetype like if plato saw him in the world of forms plato be like yep that's a cactus other things that are different there's a little flower on my microphone um thing i thought it'd be cute if i put flowers all around it And also, I have to address my hair, which is now different. This this was the one... um, That wasn't me farting, if you heard that. That was my headphones scraping across the the thing. I'm not ashamed of farts. If I farted, I would tell you. But I've done all my farting already. That's over now. My farting for the day has been done. So the thing that I didn't quite take into consideration about doing like a video version of the podcast is that now there's this whole other dimension this whole other visual aspect that I now have to comment on such as my appearance the environment around me but yes I've changed my hair again okay I've done it I'm kind of I'm done with the fringe I experimented with having the fringe again when I first started transitioning the fringe was like it was an important thing for me i was insecure about my hairline and my head and all those kind of things right you know what i'm talking about um and i just felt like cutting a fringe was the quickest way to nicely frame and feminize my facial features Like, it works. Like, honestly, like, it does work. Because you don't see many men with a fringe like that unless they're, like, a monk. Never misgender a monk. They get furious about it. But they do have that kind of pudding bowl fringe. So I feel like early on, if you get one of those fringes, you're kind of communicating to the public, like, hey... This is what I'm going for. And they're like, oh, wow, you're a monk. And you're like, no, no, I'm not a monk. I'm a woman. 
but yes, I, I've, I've, I'm done with it now. I thought I'd bring it back for a bit. I enjoyed having it back. But I have to remember that I'm trying to more so embrace the face. Remember that. Embrace the face. Give face. And you shall receive face. Embrace the face. Um, the reason I've got these clips in, though, it's not just because I'm a really cute, sort of like Gen Z TikToker. Um, it's actually because my fringe is at that awkward space about this long, which is which is still, you know, it's long, but it's not long enough to be able to reveal the face without it pinging back and looking um, shit. So basically, like, without the clips, I look like Curtain from this country, uh, which is not a bad thing, if that's what you want to go, if that's what you want to look like, but I don't want to look like that particularly. So yeah, I've got, you're going to be seeing the clips a lot more, at least for a, at least for a couple of months probably, before I can then go behind the ears successfully. Oh shit, I just realised I can't. I just realised that I can't. Because I'm making a film at the moment and we haven't finished filming. So for continuity purposes, I'm going to need the fringe. Alright, well, the filming is nearly over, so what I'll do is I'll keep the fringe until then and then I'll do this. Fuck's sake. This, this is... This is the this is the problem with being a creative, all right? It's a hard life, okay? It's not an easy job, unlike nursing and care work and, you know, being a surgeon or a firefighter. You know, it's, it's actually a hard job, not like those, which are easy jobs. You have to think about these things, like your hair and your appearance and stuff. It's difficult stuff. So I feel like the pertinent issue, the thing that I should really discuss before anything else, is the wind. It's been very windy, hasn't it? Have you noticed how windy it's been? It's been a really windy couple of days. It still is, actually. I'm looking out my window now and the wind is going mad. Um, it's, what do they call it, Storm Eustace, Storm Eunice? I think it's called Storm Eunice. I never, whenever they announce the name of the storm, I always ignore the name of the storm. I, I always think, firstly, who named this storm? Secondly, I'm going to give the storm my own name. You know, because until the storm itself shows me its deed pole, okay, until it shows me that it chose its name, I'm not just going to call it the name that society insists that it is. You should ask the wind its name. That's the more progressive thing. Open your window and whisper onto the wind, wind. What is your actual name? 
and it will whisper back and it will say, Ooh, my name is Claudia, <laughs> but everybody is calling me Eunice. And as trans people, I think we can relate, can't we? That's not to assume that everybody who listens to this podcast is trans, but let's be real, like, most of you are, probably. We can relate, you know. You don't want people calling you something that isn't your actual name, you know, not the name that you chose for yourself. Even if you are a wind. And listen, the wind is angry. Storm uh, Claudia is... She's raging right now. And maybe it's because people keep dead naming her, okay? But it's been very scary. It's been it's been I find it I find the wind scary, I'll be honest. When the wind really starts to kick up, kick up its heels. Well, I did brave it yesterday though. I went out in it in in sort of like the one of the heights of its gust. I believe a, a red warning had just been issued. Essential travel only. But I was like, well, okay, but I'm not traveling. I'm walking. That's not a form of travel, is it? Unless you play basketball. Were they still playing basketball during the, the storm? Is that essential travel? That's a little, uh, little sports joke for you there. I know nothing about basketball, really. I know that you can throw a ball through a hoop, and I know that you can't carry the ball, like, under your arm when you go. But I did. I braved the storm, and this is not an endorsement. I don't recommend people do that. The storm is unsafe. Um, two people, to my knowledge, have died from the storm. Hashtag serious moment. Hashtag let's get real. Hashtag no jokes for a minute. <laughs> the storm, it killed two people. One person died in a way that the storm, like storms always kill people this way. It's kind of like their calling card. Is that they like drop a tree on your car or they drop a telephone pole on your car. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when birds shit on you. Have you ever been shit on by a bird? It's like, on the one hand, you always think, oh, bird. <laughs> but on the other hand, you think, was that intentional? You know? How did you, how did you aim so well? But I'm not trying to make light of it. Um, it's, it sucks. It's, it's horrible. Because when, because if there's a bit, I mean, I don't drive. I'm not a driver. But I always think I would, if there was a really bad storm, I'd definitely rather be in a car than like blowing down the road with my umbrella, like Mary flipping poppins. But no, the car is not always the safest option, I guess. Um, and then a guy died as well. I think in. I want to say Ireland. I don't know how he died. I didn't read. It's depressing. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't read it. <laughs> One 
What I did read, though, is I read that the O2 Arena in Greenwich, you know, it's the big, it's the big dome-shaped building. You might have seen it on EastEnders. It's a big, it's a big, how can I describe it? It's like a big dome. But it's called the O2, but it's a big dome. Like we used to call it the Millennium Dome because it was built for the Millennium and it's a dome. Who remembers the Millennium Dome? I I think this podcast should just become the Millennium Dome podcast, the Dome cast. Because I have a lot of things to say about the Millennium Dome, actually. So, the Millennium Dome <laughs> has a very interesting history, actually. It came about when I was 10. That's the Millennium. I was 10 in the Millennium. And it was built to celebrate the 2000th year after the birth of the little baby Jesus Christ. And the way that uh, the Labour government of the time celebrated old Tony Blair's. He was like, we love Jesus. We need a dome. We need a big dome. Jesus loved domes and we're building a big dome for him. A dome that um, largely celebrates science and environmental concern. It was basically like a big education centre and I'm not shitting on the Millennium Dome. I fucking loved it. I only went once, but that's more than some of you losers have been to it. We went on a school trip to the Millennium Dome uh, in a coach. I know, extravagant. <laughs> I'm riding in a coach. <laughs> like a coach with horses. We went in a coach with horses. And it was all velvet lined. And they had to fit 30 students into a coat coach and horses and the teacher sat up next to the coachman and it was very cobbly Ooh, so cobbly on the way to the millennium dome Ooh. but real talk it was great oh i should probably say uh hashtag serious time over now we're back into silly silly time <laughs> but it's exciting i don't know if you remember that feeling of well any school trip is exciting we could have been going to a fucking we could have we could have been going to a sewage plant and we would have been like yay oh my god there's no school today i can't wait for the gift shop sewage plant gift shops are bad they're not good gift shops all they sell is a little jar of raw sewage that, that you're, you're discouraged from drinking. But they do have those rubbers as well, the multicoloured rubbers with the name of the sewage plant on them, so that's fine. Anyway, the Millennium Dome was, was fucking great. It was, it was, it was boss. It was wizard. It was totally wizard and boss to the max. Ultra cool. Sorry, just using some early 2000s slang there. But I'll tell you why it was so good, right? Because it was, it was, it just felt, I mean, I didn't have much knowledge at the time about capitalism and, and stuff of that nature. You know, Marx and Engels and all them people. But it felt like a legit educational sort of experience. Like it was purpose-built 
just for learning, but in a fun way. And I've looked online and it's so interesting that there's not there's not a lot of information about it online. Like you can if you really search, you can find like some old blueprint plans for it and stuff. An old website maybe, but like there's just not a lot of info on it. And it's weird because it like I would say the Millennium Dome was the last good thing that we had. Because what came right after the the Millennium Dome? 9-11, just a year later. And I'm not saying the two things are linked. But think about it. Did Tony Blair know about 9-11 before it happened? Is that why he tried to popularise dome-shaped buildings? Hey, I'm just asking questions. I'm not. I'm not trying to create obscene distasteful conspiracies. I'm just asking questions. Here's some things that the Millennium Dome had that I remember. First, it was dome-shaped. So when you went in, it was all big and round and you were like, oh my God, it's so round. And it was, it was in different sections. Like there was an indoor beach with arcade games, but you didn't have to pay money to go on the arcade games they had like a big bucket of like plastic coins and you took those they gave you like five and you could go in and you could like play the games it had trapeze artists it had all these tra trapeziacs trapezians flopping around every hour for like a show kind of thing it had a car park that's where our coach parked um it had, I think this most famous thing that the people remember, the thing that the, what the people remember was that it had this like body exhibit, which was like this huge human body and you could go in it, you go up like an escalator inside the body. And apparently there were like, you could spend time in the heart or uh, in, the, in the urethra. And then eventually you'd make your way up to the brain and you could ask it questions. You know, like that scene, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, like that scene in AI, Artificial Intelligence, the Stanley Kubrick film that became the Steven Spielberg film. And there's that guy and you can ask him questions, like a proto-Google or ask Jeeves. But this brain, it was like, you could ask it anything. And then it would say like, I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. <laughs> And I actually don't know because I never got to go in the body exhibit because it was the most popular exhibit. And when you're on a school trip, they have to prioritise and they're like, look, we could either go to, we could either line up and only go to the body exhibit and the gift shop or we could see like everything else. So unfortunately, I've never been to the body exhibit. So all I've got is hearsay, but I hear say that it was pretty, I hear it was a life changing experience. I hear that anybody who went to the body exhibit found true peace and zen and um spiritual enlightenment the main thing that i remember actually was there was this exhibit there where you go through some hallway and then you sit in a classroom and you're thinking like oh my god like a classroom like 
This is supposed to be a field trip. It's supposed to be out of the classroom, you know? And you're sitting there and you're like, what is this? Flipping blackboard, flipping desks. Boring. Guess what happens though? All four walls. One there, one there, one there, one there. You're not going to believe this. They all fall down like, like, like you're inside of a box. Guess what's outside the classroom? A field. Not a real field, but like a kind of set that is looks like a field. Like a Teletubbies kind of world with trees and like interactive games and stuff. And the whole point of it was like, listen, man, the real learning man, listen, man, the real learning man is not in the classroom. It's out there, man, in nature, man, dude. Dudette. Like, don't confine yourself to the box of the classroom, man. Make sure you get out there, dude. Lick a tree. Cool cat. Smell a flower. Puff daddy. Oh. But it was um honestly it was it was fucking amazing and I'll never forget it. And now the Millennium Dome is no longer there. The dome is there, but now it is called the O2, which is creatively named after the telecommunications company O2. And what the O2 now is, is it's an arena. Um where they do like shows like music events and stuff like a big like a big arena you know like well you don't have to say a big arena do you arenas are always big like if it's an it's either an arena or not an arena and not an arena means it's small it's either an arena or an apollo or an amphitheater or a dive bar man but yeah, so it's basically what it is now is it's 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 an arena, it's a cinema, it's a series of restaurants, a museum is in there, but not like a cool museum like the Millennium Dome was, but like a one of those like very capitalist museums I talked about before that is just like well it's more of an attraction, you know, like you pay and you go in and well, you have to pay, you go in and then you walk around, you know. There's usually something like there's, there's actually an irony here. Like, it's usually something like some kind of the Rolling Stones exhibit or, like, when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Or it's usually Gunther von Hagen's Bodyworld exhibit, which is kind of like the Bodyworks exhibit from the Millennium Dome, except now it's founded by a deranged mad scientist who uses education as a cover-up for his own twisted deranged art why do we trust Gunter von Hagen this guy is a, is a freak like I was kind of like behind him a little bit when he was doing his channel 4 show anatomy for the beginner beginners shouldn't be you know if you're a beginner you should be behind closed doors under medical supervision not in your living room but <laughs> it was a program where 
they showed a real dead body on Channel 4 and everyone was like, ban it, ban it, ban it. And he was like, no, I'm going to show you the beauty of the, the veins. I'm going to show you the, the ligaments. You pull them and the hand does this. Again, if you're listening on audio version, you really want to get the video version to get the full, the full understanding of what I'm doing here. I'm like pulling my... I'm miming pulling ligaments to make my fingers move. It's pretty sexy, actually. Um, but then he was like, oh, I've got a museum as well. Uh, he was like, oh, but it's not, not like an art gallery. It's like a, he was like, it's, 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 it's educational. He was like, but what he done, what he done is he gets people to donate their corpses to him. Their, um, what do they call it? What do they call it in the profession? Their, their cadavers. That's it. Their cadavers. It's not a person, it's the cadaver. They get people to donate their cadavers and then he would display them. Again, I do believe there is educational merit in that. I think if someone wants to donate their cadaver, they should be allowed to donate their cadaver. And then everyone can gather and have a good old lather of the cadaver. <laughs> um, but where it gets into grey area, I think, is when he starts fucking around with them. And he's like, oh, check this out. It's a it's a child's cadaver. But I've taken out the guts and I've made a wizard's hat out of the guts. And, well, this one's a skeleton, but I've added more bones to make it look like an angel. And you're like... Yeah, you're actually more in the kind of like, you, you've verged more into the kind of Silence of the Lambs category there. And I don't like you or your hat or your creepy face and just get out. But back to the storm. <laughs> so what I was saying about the storm is basically it ripped off the roof of the, of the O2 arena. Not the whole roof, that'd be mad. It didn't like scalp it. It didn't, it didn't like crack it open like a boiled egg and suck out all the people that'd be that'd be amazing but it ripped off some of the roof and i just feel like that's the storm saying bring back the millennium dome and i encourage it don't bring back tony blair don't bring back that government or any of the other geopolitical things of the time please don't bring back the iraq war or 9-11 <laughs> but bring back the millennium dome okay we need that. Philip and Heck, I had other things I wanted to talk about in the first half an hour, but I spent an awful lot of time talking about the Millennium Dome, didn't I? So before, so as you know, um, I do a, I do a thing now where the first half an hour is free, second half an hour, you can get access to it on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Jen Ives. Very competitively priced, may I add? Um, so yeah, we'll talk about the other stuff there, I think. Um, oh yeah, I have a Substack now. That's where I do a lot of my writing. Just wanted to kind of plug that. The Substack is, um, so, uh, what is it? It's like www.genives.substack.com. And at the moment I am writing a full kind of serialized sort of like 
gonzo journalist journalistic account of my experience um going to the lgb alliance conference that i did in last october i just you know because i can't put out the audio footage yet i thought well at least i could do a written account of it and i could quote some of the things that happened in the recordings and i could just really put my perspective out there and put it on the record and it's you know i'm doing it serialized so part one is out already part two is expected later today uh, it's free it's free to subscribe to my Substack. that that lgb alliance thing is going to be free in its entirety however there is a paid option available on Substack to get like the secret you know written articles that i do that is an option i am putting those up as well but if you want to read the lgb alliance thing just just the free subscription so yeah go go subscribe to that um, as always, you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com. <laughs> My username is Jen Ives Comedian. Um, and, I, and I think what I should do is also because, because we're in the first free half an hour, I'll, I'll, we'll take on a little bit of Discord stuff. Let's have a look. A couple of Discord questions because I lose track of who is subscribed to the patreon one and who isn't so we'll answer the questions now before we move on um oh these 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 questions are kind of related it's kind of interesting um so <laughs> lil piss baby nothing asks um i'm no good at thinking of questions but here's one what's the furthest north you've ever been and did you like it good question the furthest north I've ever been um, is Scotland. <laughs> I've been to Scotland. Yes, I like it a lot. I love Scotland. If you're talking about England, I'd say like Cumbria. I've been to Leicester, Manchester, Cumbria, maybe some other places. But to be honest, I've not, I don't know how, I'm not good at geography. But all those places I've really liked. I think they're all dead nice places. I just like don't see borders. To me, we're just all the same. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Caitlin asks, "Have you ever been to Northern Ireland? If you, if you have, did you like it? If not, what assumptions do you have about it?" Um, I've never been to Northern Ireland, and I've never been to Ireland. I am going to Ireland soon. Not Northern Ireland, but. Uh, uh, the other one <laughs> I'm going there soon I'm going to go to um, Dublin to see my good friend P. Deneen hopefully that's going to happen soonish and that'll be my first ever time to Ireland I'd love to go to Northern Ireland though I'd like to go anywhere I'd like to I'd like, <laughs> I want to I want to visit places you know I want to be more well travelled and I particularly want to see I've been to Wales Ireland's the only one so far that I haven't checked off but you better believe I'm coming eventually. I'm going to be there, you know. All right, listen, we're going into the, the, the paid half an hour now. So thanks for listening and um, catch you later, cheapskates. Just joking. <laughs>